Translating God, a youthscape podcast dedicated to exploring how young people understand and respond to the Christian story. Hello and welcome to the Translating God podcast. And today we're thinking about data and the role it can play in helping us advocate for our work, which is quite a key challenging area for us, Lucy, I think, mm. because we we filling in funding bids or trying to get a bit more resource out of the church or just a sense of priority for this area of ministry, especially if we have maybe four or five young people, like it's not a massive group. So how can data realistically be used to help us advocate for the work that we do? I'd, I'd love to unpack that mm. with you today. Yeah, I think one of our intentions, having created this resource, these 50 charts, was then to really put it in your hands so that you could use it yourself. So beyond informing your work and helping you take a step back and really understand the young people you're working with, one of the most powerful ways that you can take other people on a journey of understanding what you do, why you do it, what young people need is by giving them numbers and giving them data and telling them stories as well. That's really mm. important. But what what this work can do is it can just back up the things that you might be saying anyway. And so uh, what we're going to do today in this conversation is pull out a few different highlights of things that are in the data. But really, it's to just open up the possibility that you could use this. So you could write it. Yeah, you could use it in a funding report. You could use it in a presentation to your PCC. You could, pot you could potentially just say, parents, anyone in the church who wants to hear an update on young people and how life's changed, you could just sit them down and present all 50 charts with our script <laughs> and then give them some yeah. coffee at the end if you want to. So we can explore different ways you could use it and, and what's in there that might be helpful. But what we want to do is, is, is for you to go away and feel empowered so that you, you, know, you don't have to be a researcher. You don't have to understand the ins and outs of everything that we've done here, but you can be equipped to take this and pull it into your conversation and the way you talk about your work. And remember at the heart of this, at the heart of all this kind of data is we are listening yeah. to young people. This is a great discipline for us. So let's look at the first trend today, the drop in the percentage of young people attending any youth group or club, which actually Lucy feels a little bit like we're working against ourselves in this one. So what is this telling us and why did you put it in here? Yeah. Don't worry. I don't, okay. I don't think it, it's not saying young people are just not interested in youth work anymore. I think it's potentially telling a different story. But yes, there has been a drop from 56% of young people to 44% attending any youth group or club over 10 years. That's a sort of loss of 10%. And um, there, there might be multiple reasons for that. And we could explore those. But I think the most obvious one mm -hmm. is that statutory youth work, that youth work that's run by the local authority, funded by the government, has been utterly decimated. Yes, yeah, so you can't go to something years. that's not there, can you? You cannot yeah. go to something that's not there. Yeah. yeah, And I wouldn't be at all surprised if that 10% literally just reflects the fact that hundreds and hundreds of youth clubs that were mm. there 10 years ago are just not there anymore and a whole generation of those statutory youth workers have, have gone. Um, so, but, but that also therefore means that if you are doing any youth work, yes. if you are a youth worker and you're doing any kind of youth provision, you, are, you that is valuable. Um, it's really valuable. It's It won't be anywhere near what is needed when you think about how many young people might be able to access something, but it's really, really valuable. Um, you can put that together with other data or information about what we know about the value of youth work and the difference it makes. And, and on that one, you might want to go and look at our website 
to the research section and there's a report in there called Feels Like Home, which is an evaluation of kind of after school drop in type youth work and what young people say about the difference it makes. And so you, you could take that and you could put that with this chart and together say, look, there's, there's less and less youth work out there, but it really makes a difference. And so whatever you do, don't close the thing that we've got. We've got to talk it up. We've got to strengthen it. I think one of the things that you and I have talked about, Rach, when it comes to church-based youth work is when something is fragile, often the thing that makes the difference is how you look at it. So some people look at something fragile and go, that's not a priority area. Let's take the money and put it somewhere else because there's only a handful there. Others look at it and go, that needs investment, mm. doesn't it? And so um, if you're in that situation where you've got something fragile, this is the time to get this data and go, look, Youth, youth provision matters. There's not loads out there. We're doing it. You should champion this. Absolutely. And I think just that little bit of data that if there are less spaces for young people, youth work spaces for them, and a church is putting something on with some trained and equipped volunteers, there might be pockets of funding that you can access. Mm. And it could be some crossover things around community kitchens or different ways of thinking. Actually, what we're doing here is feeding young people yeah. once a week. And there might be some other ways that you can get funding for that. So really interesting interesting to think in this area is this true yeah. is are we the only youth club in the area and to ask big questions i love that that's so interesting can i throw something else yes, in there just do. that's related that's come to me is is that the national youth agency did a youth census their first youth census probably a couple of years ago now and one of the things that found is that faith-based youth work was more likely to happen in areas of relative advantage than places that's that are disadvantaged. So yeah. if you if you're in an area that would be described as as having various kinds of deprivation, faith based youth work is less likely to happen there. Now that might be because churches are generally in wealthier areas or less um, resourced or, in deprived communities, yeah, or yeah. less resourced mm. in those places. But I think that's a real challenge to the church. I think the next time they do that census, we should see that reversed. We should see the church saying, we, if you are more likely to access faith-based youth work if you live in a deprived community, mm -hmm. because that's where we're prioritising our Absolutely. intervention. So when we think about the numbers accessing youth groups, it's that kind of big step back look. That, I mean, individual youth workers, and you know, we're never as individuals going to have those sorts of conversations. But when we together look back and go, wait a second, that's not right. How could we buck that trend? Yeah, some structural biases that might be in the way that we think about things mm. and resource things. That is absolutely brilliant. The second trend then for today. Yeah, so the second one I wanted to pick up on is a decline in young people's satisfaction with friendship. So this comes from a, a data set that they've been collecting and asking young people to kind of score how satisfied they are with a range of different things, including life overall, their appearance, their friendships, their family, their schoolwork, and all of that data you can you can access. But but satisfaction with friendships has been sort of slowly declining over the last 10 years. It might be related to some of these other things. It might be related to the ways that young people communicate, some of the platforms and the ways that those are designed, which sometimes create um make it very easy to bully or make it very easy to exclude or for young people to feel judged or compared, all those sorts of things. Uh, but I think this, this is a reason for you to take this data and advocate for the work you do because 
Youth work is a really unusual thing. It's not school. It's not home. It's a space that is utterly unique in, in bringing young people together. And you're not there... You're not there to do a sport. You're not there to do something else. In many ways, the, the growth of relationships themselves and young people's skills yeah, and capacities. focus. That is yeah. the point. Yeah. And a lot of what you do is you, 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 know, you bring adults together and help and you, and you model relationships and you build relationships with young people. And I think youth work is dealing with this. Um, youth work is a space where young people can talk about their friendships. They can experience, I mean, I'm just thinking about my, when I volunteered at the Youthscape drop-in and I've watched my Youthscape colleagues listening to young people talk about what's going on in their friendships, helping them manage it, helping them model how to make up when they've bro- you know, things are broken down. That's what youth yeah. work does. And I think you can use that chart to say, look, we, we do work with young people as about helping them build relationships and we, we, they need that. Of all the, when I read through all the data, all the trends, there are so many of them that sort of break your heart as a youth worker, aren't there? Like the direction of travel of like decreasing mental health. This one really did not disturb me. This really unsettled me, actually, Mm. this one, because there's something about dissatisfaction with friendships that feels so far reaching and quite an intrinsically painful thing because one of the great protective factors for young people is that they have a, a peer group, even just one or two friends that will yeah. see them through their adolescent years. And if you've got a couple of good mates in your corner, you can deal with quite a lot of rubbish, can't you? So that one just felt like a, if that is, if that is a trend that's we're going to keep seeing that direction of travel, it feels a, a deeply critical thing that we need mm. to be getting involved with because everything sort of stems from an ability yeah. to build good friendship, like romantic relationships, you to partnerships, marriages, businesses. It all stems from this ability to be able to have good attachment yeah. and and de- yeah. I, I, so this one just felt quite complex for me, and I love that you. You've put it in this episode to really advocate for what we do. Because I think sometimes, sometimes within youth ministry, we, f- I think I forget the value of a space where young people can form friendships. Mm. And I think oh, I've got to be doing something a bit more. We've got to mm. be putting on a course. We've got to be like doing something a bit deeper dive and they need to be learning some stuff and developing some obvious big skills where I can think of the, the, there's a little staircase so in our church hall. We have the downstairs larger space and then we have a few rooms upstairs with carpets and this. And, and the stairs have just been carpeted. And that is a safe space that so many of our young people sit on. Mm. And that's where a lot of the kind of the friendship skill stuff, our team are sat there with them chatting and yeah. trying to negotiate these things. And and it's almost so obvious we don't realise how vital this is. So yeah. I grab that one. If you're listening to this, like grab that, because I think this is a kind of one of those pivots, those pivotal trends that you're right, we want to see a change in this. What's the third trend for today then? So the third is a chart that I I find quite shocking and it is quite um, scary in some ways. And it's the gap between the number of young people that referred for mental health support and the number of professionals who are able to see them. So it's it's really about how many, how many mental health doctors are there and how many young people are coming into the system. Now, this is not something that youth workers can fix. In many ways, it's kind of out there and it's not something that's within our control. But again, when I I think about where are young people and where are the adults that in any way can just listen to their lives, can be consistent, supportive, Mm. um, positive influences, accepting of them, kind to them, compassionate to them. that you do get those teachers, but teachers are there to do something else. You do have parents, but if you if you don't want to be at home, where does that happen? So 
I, I think early intervention around mental health support we know is really critical and key. And we know that it's very hard to get into the mental health system and the, the thresholds are really high. We can't fix that. But what we can do is say, listen, we are here as, mm. as, as a support for young people. We are their champions. We are there to listen to them, support them. Um, and look at this. They really need it because there is a mental health crisis. The system out there is not sufficient. We cannot expect that um, mental health professionals or doctors are going to be the only ones that can do this. So if we think about the whole the whole kind of spectrum of support and intervention. Right at one end is the early intervention and the and the the availability, the listening, the support. That's where a lot of youth work is, as well as the kind of noticing something critical. But if if you are there, don't again, don't um, downplay the value of that kind of support, Absolutely. given what we know about young people's mental health needs. And it's the proximity thing, isn't it? Often church-based youth work or youth ministries that's based in a school or in a um, in other different spaces, we we spend time with young person, getting to know their systemic systems. Like we we probably have more interaction with their community and their families, and that is a great protective factor mm. for young people, isn't it? So you're absolutely right. Not just thinking about what is this young person accessing in this setting, but what else how else is the church getting around this family and supporting them or advocating for the whole community so I, I love that you've picked out things that I think let, let's grab this I'm hearing in a number of different quarters a real desire for for the church to be developing a really good theology of youth ministry again mm. for us to kind of take some of this stuff and say not just as to how does this help us in our individual settings but what is a story that maybe we want to tell society yeah. about the good news when a church is involved in good safe, effective youth work so that actually society can begin to tell that story. This is a good thing that churches are opening up spaces for young people. Mm. So helpful, Lucy. When we're thinking about um, using data like this or data that we collect locally and to advocate for our work, I suppose also sort of hidden in this is a sense that as youth ministers, youth workers, we maybe don't always feel hugely confident actually in the value of what we do. Mm. Like we know it's valuable, we rock up and, and do it, but but maybe, and I wonder if there was a little like trend of data the last 10 years, do you think there's been a decline in, in a sense of sort of youth workers' confidence, actually, what we're doing is really making a difference? We, the narrative around us is decline and difficulty and challenge. And how, maybe that's sort of settled on us a little bit and how we advocate for our work. Yeah, I think, I think you could be right. That would be, that would be really interesting. We don't measure that. We don't have that data. But... I think youth work has often been a kind of a, a field, whether it's voluntary or paid, it is a, it is a role that um, can often feel that you are the one, because mm. you can often be quite isolated, you are ultimately the one championing, you're the one that has to talk about um, the value of what you do, or it's, it's often not recognised. It's often not recognised by young people themselves. We should obviously sort of name that. You, you may get some of them telling you mm. <laughs> That, that when you listen to me like that, that made such a difference. Or you may bump into them in the future down the road and they're like, oh, yeah, I remember coming. I remember that you happened to spend hours and hours and hours with me. I'd sort of forgotten that, but actually that was really helpful. You might get that, but you might not. And so I do think um, research, using research to sort of bolster your own sense of the the value of what you do knowing knowing it is important it does make a difference is really valuable so um is a, there's a lot in these charts there's 50 of them one thing you might want to do is just go through and pick two or three and just try finding a kind of a way of 
describing what is in that, that data that you could use in your general talk about what you do. So people will often say like, you know, what do you do with young people? Or like, why do you do it? And and it might feel it might feel a bit false to have something prepared, but actually there is there is data here that's useful to you to say, well, we know they're finding it harder with their friendships at the moment. We know their mental health is kind of worse. And, um, and we know there's fewer of them that can access youth work. So, so what we're doing is creating a really valuable space Fantastic. where they can yeah. learn to be friends with each other. They can be supported and, 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 and that's really valuable. I was chatting with a youth worker yesterday and, and I think this is a really timely bit of research actually because this is not the first time I've heard a youth worker say this. This youth worker said to me yesterday, I'm struggling to sort of redevelop the strategic vision for our youth ministry. The church leadership team have asked for that, particularly coming out of COVID. We're still kind of, we've not really talked about COVID, have we? But just we, we don't yet know the impact of COVID really on, on young people and, and how they're doing. Um, but she was saying that I, I have one or two young people in my heart that I really want us to work better with. And when I go and share that with the leadership team, what I hear them saying is pastoral needs of one or, one or two young people can't dictate our strategy for mm. working with young people. And I, I am also a church leader, so I get where they're coming from. But actually what this data helps with is saying, well, if those one or two young people who you're working quite closely with, if, if actually they... They are demonstrating just what this trend looks like. Then actually responding to that pastoral need is actually a way of saying this young person, again, they're a gift to us to help us understand something of, of maybe many of their peers. And maybe you can ask questions about why in this particular community this issue might be even more yeah. um, exacerbated because of other issues as well. So I think I, I hope that data like this helps youth workers like this lovely person I spoke to yesterday to say, maybe my heart is stirred by one or two things things in one or two young people's lives mm. but I'll use that as a kind of a platform to say okay what's what's the bigger picture here and and you could that that's a great way to advocate for your work and also to understand the strategic things that you will do then what will we as a youth organization or as a church do to respond I love there's a catholic definition of youth ministry which is youth ministry is a church's response to the pastoral needs of these young people and to receive them as a gift into the life of the church. And I just thought that's lovely. It's saying the needs that you have as a gift, we talked about that last week, but I think this can help broaden our lens through which we are seeing mm. our work. So finally then, Dr. Lucy Moore, what is the worst thing that we could do with the data? Like what are the pitfalls? You're like, please <laughs> do not jump into that oh. hole with this data. Okay, actually genuinely the worst thing you could do is be scared of it and think, I can't use that because I don't understand it or I'm not a researcher. We've we've done our best to give you the the headline of what it what it means, the chart themselves, a PowerPoint that you can just use and also text underneath that you could just you could present yourself. You don't you don't need it much more than what you've got there to go and, and use it. And you can go and download that by going to the Youthscape website and just searching for Translating God and it will take you to a specific site. And within that, you've got the trend report, you've it's got very the 50 flashy. charts. It's amazing. I, I did take some of the slides and I, I, I spoke to a bunch of church leaders. I felt so good. I felt so clever. You I are just clever. Like, look at this, look at that. And when they put their hands up, to, can I just clarify? Next slide. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't ask for yes. any clarification. Don't take any questions. No, That's no important. questions. But but surely also I think part of this is that we know anecdotally so many of us use data. We sort of shoehorn it into what we're doing. And actually we don't need to do that because we've got this stuff. So use this and um, let us know how you get on. So if you want to 
be part of the conversation. Let us know how it's going. We'd love to hear some of your stories. You can email us at translatinggod at youthscape.co.uk. And next week, the final in this season, but we're going to be thinking particularly about um, how this can help us understand young people's place at the heart of church mission. I'm a church planter as well as a youth worker. I'm really passionate that churches across our broad Christian tradition, as we look to the future, think, what would it look like to centre young people, their gifts, their needs, who they are at the beating heart of our missional outreach? So come back next week. I'm going to be thinking more specifically about what does this mean for the church's mission? 